Welcome back to the Boys RS Podcast, where I interview people at the top of their profession. We hear their story about overcoming difficulty to find success. I'm your host, Ian. I'm the host of this podcast. I own the Boys RS Studios as well as Vortex Swim LLC. But before we get started, we need to check out the Boys RS merch. Every day, more and more people continue to buy these awesome clothing items, and we're, we're so grateful for the support. I'm literally wearing the Boys R Us hat right now, and wow, do I look stylish. Incredible quality, a bunch of awesome options to pick out from. Go ahead and get started with this interview in three, two, one. Boys R Us listeners, I'm very excited. We have a special person in my life. He's currently the executive producer at Hungry Man, as well as he's the director of sales. We have Dan Duffy. Hey, Dan. Hey, Ian. Good to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you asking, and I also appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy it can be, you know, running a company that large. So we appreciate that. And just to kind of warm us up to start out, growing up, what was something you were passionate about? Because obviously producing was the end goal, but when you were a kid, what was it that really brought you joy? That's a good question. I think I was one of those kids where, well, when I was younger, I just had like a pretty good social group of friends. And most of my time was just spent kind of going around, goofing around with different kids my age and um I wasn't a super serious student. I was just kind of liked, you know, having fun and hanging out. And, you know, this was like the, I grew up, I I went to high school from like 80 to 84. So like the late seventies, early eighties, we'd go, we'd listen to music. I was in a band for a little while, a terrible band. We played Devo songs and like Led Zeppelin songs. And it was really pretty ridiculous but it was fun and and we weren't none of us were really just back then we weren't really driven to like I know exactly what I want to do until I got closer to you know college age where I just kind of had to figure out all right so what am I going to do I have an older brother who's off in college I have an older sister who's off in college they kind of know their direction and I really didn't have a complete clear idea I used I joked around about uh, finding a school. I I basically picked advertising because I was starting at the top of the alphabet and I knew aeronautical engineering wasn't my thing. So I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. So, uh, cause it wasn't, I mean, they didn't even have STEM like STEM programs back then. It just wasn't the best at math. So I knew that's not my thing. So advertising, you know, I'll, I'll try that. And, um, and I also just, you know, like everybody my age, we watched a lot of TV and I always wondered like, well, somebody has a job making those commercials. And that sounds like that would be a fun thing to do. And it was as simple as that. I go, well, I'll have to find out, find out how that works. So then I had a little uh, meeting with my counselor at high school and, and they said, you know, marketing could be something you, you should go into. Cause I did like writing. I, I was a good communicator with people and, and I didn't, I wouldn't like shy away from, you know, interacting with strangers or random people. I was always happy and pretty comfortable to do that. And I felt like that, well, that'll be a good thing that'll, that'll work out with, with advertising. So 
picked a few schools that specialized in that. I actually have a degree in journalism and advertising from San Jose State. That was one of the schools I picked. And back then, you just kind of like picked a school and went to school. It wasn't like this crazy competitive thing it is now. But mostly what I learned, and it was a great choice. I love that school. Uh, a lot of friends of mine from that uh, time in my life um, are still, I still work with them. I still keep in touch with them. A lot of them went into the business too in different ways. Um, and it basically trained me and the program trained people to go into work at an advertising agency. So not really in the side of the business I'm in now. It was more about becoming an account person or becoming a copywriter or something like that. Um, but I loved it. It was a really fun program, learned a lot, got a lot. We had a little mini agency there. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners have heard about the Pet Rock. That was a fad back in the early 80s and 70s. It was this, this guy that decided to sell these rocks as pets to people. And uh, the guy that invented that was one of our teachers. So it was kind of fascinating to learn from somebody like that. Um, at the time, it was a real off the wall idea. But the, so their instructors are really good. And that and some of the things I learned in the studies of advertising was what are the jobs I don't want in this business? You know, it was a great thing about the most most important thing about that was it gave us exposure into what what an account person does, what a media planner does, what a strategist does, what a copywriter does. And so I figured out in school. Oh, wait, these are things I'm good at. These are things that are exciting to me. These are things that aren't. So that was really important. And then um, I, I, in midway through college, I decided to dive more into uh, radio and TV production. I got a minor in that. So that was in film. So I just loved learning about that a little more. I didn't do film school, but I just got exposed to a lot of that. You know, they were really pushing internships in college. I said, that's a way to get you know, an opportunity is to get an internship. So I was lucky enough, I got an internship um, at a really good ad agency in Venice called Shy at Day. And that was, that was the best, the best kind of place to learn was, um, was there. Really talented producers, really talented creatives. They were, they were great, um, great at like, you know, embracing young people, um, giving them opportunities. I think the average age of the employees when I worked there was 26 years old. So it was a young group. It was like working in a giant college dorm or a fraternity house or, or okay. a sorority house or something. It or was just a, a lot bar of stool or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Like that environment. I understand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was a real creative space. Uh, this okay. famous architect, Frank Geary designed it. And it was like really innovative. The furniture was made of cardboard. They had these crazy um, conference rooms made like shaped like the inside of a fish. And there's a lot of like legendary stories about the architecture behind that. So when you walked into this place, you just got this amazing creative feeling and, and you knew that the people around you were really creative. So it was a very, very exciting environment. That was, you know, my first job was, uh, was interning there. And then my first official job when they hired me several months later, because I had to wait for the job opening, was answering phones. I was a receptionist, just answering phones for everybody. You know, I worked, I sat at the desk with two other receptionists and we just, we just, um, you know, moved phone calls around. Uh, I still remember the extensions of some of my, some of my bosses uh, back then. 
And then eventually a job opened up in the production department. Okay. I became an assistant, a production core, a production assistant, basically. Okay. PA, was, yeah. Yeah. And it was like doing whatever the producers needed, you know, anything from researching um, directors to trying to talk to editors to okay. looking at scripts. And, and over the years, I, I got to do more things. I got to work in the, um, in this department we had our, our, our building was separate from the rest of the people, the producers and the editors were in a separate building. So we kind of had our own little unit and we would record people, do voiceovers. We do voice auditions for radio ads. We would do casting. We would do all kinds of random things. So, yeah. So I learned to run a camera. I learned to like, you know, uh, record people in an audio booth. I learned to edit, um, things like that, making reels for presentations. Pitching was a big part of what we did and pitching, pitching new business. So we'd put presentations together and. Wow. Were you ever able to be in front of the camera or was that never your thing? Patreon, Boys RS listeners, I can tell we're really enjoying this experience. So I've decided to upgrade our Patreon and what we offer. You'll get all of these episodes ad free. You will get video of the actual interviews being done on top of getting exclusive comedy episodes only available on patreon make sure to check it out the link will be in the description that was later i I came later in my my job after this job oh okay i'll tell you about that when we get to that i want to hear yeah yeah i was never in front of the camera when i worked at at shyatt but shyatt was great okay it was okay. really fun. Yeah. So, but, um, and the way I got in front of the camera is just like a funny story. So, um, but I, I can talk about that a little bit later. Of course. But that's basically, you know, how it started. That's kind of how it started. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that insight of you were learning all these different things. It wasn't like you were just an editor and that's all you focused on. No, you're involved in a lot more. And I think that's really important to learn the higher up you get, you need to be able to do all these different things. I'm sure. And, you know, after becoming a producer, how long was it to open up this office out in L.A. for Hungry Man? Good. That's a great question. So the timeline was I say I worked at I worked at Shiat for about five years. So by the time I was at the end of my days there, I was a producer. I was producing TV um, commercials. And and, I you know, prior to that, I was doing radio or I was doing like dealer tag ads which just means you take you take the ad that's already been produced and you cut it down different you know shorter length versions and put all the dealer information and stuff so it was pretty you know not very glamorous work but 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 i got the opportunity to finally produce ads and hire a director and go on location and shoot and and that was fun so that that got me the training i needed and then i and then i was you know able to um you know, have more confidence in what I was doing. And I loved, love, love working there. Okay. At the time I'd made a change for a couple of reasons, professional reasons and personal reasons. My, um, I met my wife, we're mar- we've been married 25 years. Her name's Sonia. And we met in that summer, but she was originally from Oregon. She was going to work uh, after she finished the summer doing bank training, which is why she was in LA when we met, she went to the Bay Area to work uh, at a bank that hired her. And then I started to get um, 
I started to learn about some opportunities for an ad, an ad agency in Portland called Widen and Kennedy that they were looking for producers. They had won the Microsoft business and they were going to hire about 300 people in like a month. Wow. So they needed people like Matt. They didn't care who they hired practically. They okay. just hired people. Wow. So I had, um, I learned about that from another, from a producer who was more senior than me, who um, was also trying to get that job. And so we both, we both interviewed with uh, the producer who would later become my boss. She interviewed us and I got hired because I was cheaper than the other guy. Okay. Because I wasn't getting paid hardly anything at Shiat Day. It was, it was like peanuts. I could barely, barely make a living. So it's all about your last job on what you get paid. Okay. You pretty much would build, build your sort of, you'd build your resume and you kept getting raises by leaving and going uh, back. It's really common okay. in advertising to jump around, especially for creatives, not as much as producers, but you okay. will definitely see people move every year, every two years, go to another place, really? get another title and you'll get a bump in pay. If you stay at the same place, your pay doesn't rise very, very, oh, okay. uh, very quickly. So it's wow. an interesting dynamic of advertising that where, where you're always going to be moving around. Okay. But this job was in Portland, where my, you know, in Oregon, where my wife is originally from. So yeah. I was like, well, this is cool. I'm going to go to the place she loves. And, and we were pretty seriously dating at the time. And then, and then it was, it's, it's also a great agency. I mean, Wyden and Kennedy is the best agency in the world. It was back then. It still is today. Mm-hmm. They became famous for doing Nike ads and things like that, you know? Okay. Um, so they're, they're always winning awards for being just the best, best place there is. Okay. I've never, I've never lived out of state. I never spent time in Portland, but I love the idea of going to work there. So they offered me a job. The guys at Shia Day tried to keep me. They said like, what's it going to take for you to stay at Shia Day? Um, and I said, you got to get the Nike account. Like, yeah. I want to go to White and Kennedy work on Nike. Like, yeah, that's what I want to go there. It was like, wow. there's an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you know, they, they couldn't do that. Um, okay. <laughs> ironically, they worked on it a couple of years later, but, um, but, but it was kind of a joke and, and they're like, yeah, we get it. It's a great opportunity. You should go do it. So, okay. so they were really supportive. I'm still friends with a lot of those people too. So, okay. So that was great. I got to work. I got to work uh, at White and Kennedy. I relocated. Um, worked there for five years, did a ton of different work. Most of the work I did there was for ESPN Sports Center. Oh, okay. So that's a big campaign that I think it finally just ended last year. It was a campaign that was probably going on for about 25 years. Wow. And we did the first work. Uh, I was the producer and the creatives on that. Um, I worked with really well and we did hundreds and hundreds of ads and those were the ones where we would go to connecticut we'd go to espn campus and we'd have athletes falling in and we'd write scripts and we'd shoot the commercials and it was very like very loose very unstructured okay just make stuff up on the fly so those were a lot i was in i was in front of the camera for a lot of those ads because you just needed a body like hey just sit here grab this and so it was really fun i got to be in commercial with like David Carradine and Roger Clemens and Cam Neely and, um, you know, baseball players, hockey players, like all these great sports athletes. And then the broadcasters, you know, the ESPN broadcasters. So 
So that was a blast. That was my favorite, favorite project that I've ever worked on was still all that stuff. So, yeah. Wow. That's really exciting. I mean, the fact that you got to work on something that, I mean, me personally, I'd love to be around sports. I don't know about you, but that's the place I'd want to be. It's like, oh, for my job, I, I have to go see a game. Like, exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. It's a blast. And it was, it was great. Cause if you look back at all those ads, we were filming in their, you know, in their broadcast facilities and, and all the people you'd see in the frame, like working away and typing and running back and forth. They're just actually really doing their job. Like we're just, they just kind of parachuted in the middle of this, this working production facility. And those guys are going to meetings and they're really writing stories and they're writing copy for their next like broadcast. And we're just, we have a camera next to them telling jokes about, you know, Grant Hill or wow. Roger Clemens or whoever. It was fun. Yeah. It was really, really, really fun. No, that's exciting. And you had mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the first time being, you know, on a set where you're the EP, something like, what was that feeling really like? Like, what did it feel like seeing, okay, I'm responsible kind of for everything that's going on and checking off the boxes. How was that? The Boys R Us Studios. If you're into sports betting, check out Meyer Madness Inc. If you love water polo, I recommend you check out Scuba Steve. Hey, if you want positive review of film, I check out the Amateur Film Review hosted by Ben Switzer. And finally, if you're looking to, I don't know, explore a little, check out Bryce and Leia's Travel Guide where they talk about their travels all through nature. Well, it was, it's exhilarating. I mean, think, think about working on that on the ad agency side, when you're an agency producer, you're kind of responsible for like bidding the job, pricing it out, bidding directors, figuring out the post-production, hiring directors, hiring the editor, doing the, the delivery of the ad. So there's like eight different points. But my favorite part about being an agency producer was when you hired the director and, and, you, and you got that person on board because then they're, they're really making the thing that you've been talking about for months. Because you'll have endless meetings talking about the scripts, talking about how to make it better, talking about the budget for that, trying to pair up with the right kind of director. And it's just, you know, you talk about this project for, God, maybe, I don't know, it could be a month, it could be five months. Wow. But then when you hire the director, when you hire the production company, that's the best feeling because then you've, you're handing it over to somebody who's going to take all this paper and then turn it into a real thing, you know? Like their vision's going to make it reality. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, you know, hire actors. They're going to find a location. Oh, they're going to okay. shoot a commercial. So it's really going to turn into something okay. that you can show people. So I knew right away, like that's the, that's the part of the business I want to do more of. Okay. Like the other part. And I did like sort of being involved in one project, like from beginning to end, but, but a lot of times that process is difficult because you're, you'd be working on something for months and then it'll get canceled. It'll get killed. It'll get, you don't have anything oh, to show for all that work, you know, really okay. you're working in production side, like you're doing something. They don't call the production company unless you, you know, this is going to go forward. So, okay. so that was, so I knew right away because the feeling I got when we would hire a director was, was great. So I knew, well, someday I want to go into that side of the business exclusively. So you know, that was basically born out of all the work that we did on SportsCenter. The guys that worked on that project are the guys that, you know, that um, were the founders of Hungry Man. So okay. the director we work with, the writer we work with, 
they and the producer that that worked on that stuff they started hungry man in 97 in new york and so they're like all right we're leaving the agency side we're gonna go work at this brand new production company will you come work with us and i was like i don't want to i don't want to move to new york so i'm gonna stay yeah in, in oregon where my wife and i have a life and it's great but then um about a year later they were getting so busy we needed to open an office in la so so i joined the company like right after it launched and then opened up the LA office and then was in charge of this office and, you know, founded, founded the people here. And that was 90, 1998. So they presented you with an offer you couldn't refuse. It was like finally the opportunity to go from the agency side to the production side, which is not usually easy to do. And a lot of people want to do it, but you kind of have to do it, you know, when the time comes. And that was exactly an opportunity came and I couldn't say no. And that was, 23 years ago. So I've been okay. here at Hungry Man for, you know, two decades plus. Um, and a lot of, and the same, the same guys that founded it are here, Hank and Brian. Are they brothers? No, they're both directors. Okay. Hank Perlman and Brian Buckley, both super talented guys, smart guys, like strategic. Okay. They've been, they've had every job in advertising. Hank's like the most passionate, great, funny guy, great writer. They're both really smart um, like some of the most respected people in the business, like Brian has probably directed almost 80 Super Bowl ads in his career. Wow. Okay. So he's like, he's like the king of the Super Bowl. And wow. okay. everybody, everybody knows, like he's one of those directors that can do anything. So, and then Hank is just a passionate, funny, loves working with actors, loves writing, like writes amazing scripts. And he's, he's one of the best there is. And, and he basically invented, you know, the sports center campaign and that whole mockumentary comedy vibe uh, that a lot of people copy kind of came from Hank's, Hank's brain and some of the partners he worked with at the agency. So, so I'm working with great people. I'm still working with those people today and it's, it's been awesome. That's incredible. And ultimately you said you're doing a lot of commercials, but what is hungry man known for just commercials or other things as well? Mostly commercials, yeah. For okay. the most part, big commercials, Super Bowl ads, um, celebrity. We're we're basically known as a commercial production company that specializes in comedy and celebrity content. We do have some great other projects, like Brian in particular has directed a couple of uh, written and directed a couple of short films that were each nominated for uh, Academy Awards. Wow, okay. Those are fascinating, great short films and well-deserved those nominations. We have uh, offices in New York, LA, London, Rio de Janeiro, and Sao Paulo, Brazil. And we have directors in Sweden, directors in New Zealand, directors all over the country, all over um, Europe. So we have a good variety of people, you know, female directors, African-American directors, um, Brazilians, you know, everybody kind of covering uh, a lot of different types of work, um, mostly comedy, mostly celebrity driven work. We always do a lot of Super Bowl stuff. Um, and, and we're also, you know, developing TV shows and film projects and um, branded content and things like that. Like, like you kind of just, if you need a story, if you want some smart ideas, you know, a lot of the directors are writers. They're, they're also great at, um, 
uh, just coming up with ideas, you know, for any, all kinds of content. So, but our bread and butter are commercials and that's been, it's been fun. And even with, you know, with the different, with the different, um, you know, challenges in, in the economy, both, you know, back in the past when we had a recession or, or now with what's going on with the economy, like comedy ads are always pretty popular and we've, we've never really had a bad year. We've always been able to keep growing and keep doing more work and keep building our roster of directors and hiring new talent. And, and so it's been, it's been a really successful um, company for a long time, partly because of the team that like, uh, that started it because those guys that started the company and, and the people we brought in from, you know, years to years, there's a lot of great people that work here and it's small. We have like seven people in my office. Oh, that's nice when we're on, you know, when we're production, we have 40, but when we're oh. staff, it's like 70, it's, it's like seven, it's like tiny. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. But it's, but it's great. I love it. Yeah. And then while at hungry man, you know, you've been there since, you know, 97, I think you said, or yeah, mm-hmm. 97. so what have been some of the highlights, you know, some of the commercials, maybe some of the listeners might know that you produced or yeah. yeah. I'd love to talk about that. So yeah. The Boys R Us merch is here, everybody. Check it out. It's at theboysrus.myspreadshop.com. Great clothing, jackets, hats, anything you can possibly want. Check it out. Honestly, the prices are incredible. So check it out. Theboysrus.myspreadshop.com. The early days of the sports center stuff, like you're yeah, talking about, that was, always, okay. that was always my favorite kind of yeah. work. Right? We got to work on that at Wyden Kennedy and I got to work on that, you know, uh, at, at hungry man. Um, while at hungry man though, there's been, there's been, Oh my gosh, there's so many, I mean, it's been decades. It's hard to think of everything, Yeah. but, um, but, you know, getting to work with celebrities is kind of a rush. It's fun. You, you get a, like, you know, being in a room with, um, with really talented actors and, but, hmm. but the creative teams we work with, you know, I think, I think most recently we've had a lot of good success with the Amazon Alexa work. Like we did a commercial oh, with yeah. Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost, her husband that we did for, uh, for this last year's Super Bowl. Um, you know, Brian did a really fun Toyota ad with Tommy Lee Jones and Leslie Jones and the Jonas brothers and Rashida Jones. It was <laughs> on the last name Jones. It was really fun. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then a really fun uh, BMW ad with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, and Selma Hayek as like Zeus and Hera, you know, that was a really fun for the big, like electric SUV they have. Yeah. And then like Apple work with John Hamm, you know, that's a really fun thing we did. Oh yeah. Do, so Mad Men. Those, are, those are the things that come to mind right, right away. But sometimes it's like the small, funny ads that don't have celebrity they're just really fun moments you know where you're just making you know everybody's laughing on set and everybody's having a blast that's kind of the fun thing about doing comedy ads too is like people are there having fun you know there's a light environment they're they're enjoying themselves that's great yeah i think that's really cool and during all of these you were on set most of them i was some of them i wasn't we had covid this thing called covid Uh, a while ago yeah you might have heard about (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> that was a big challenge for production. We, we often had to, uh, 
zoom in like we're doing now uh, on production. Oh um, my goodness. That's, that's rough. Yeah. So it was very, very limited to who was able to be on set and all the okay. testing protocols and things. Wow. We're easing okay. out of that now. It's getting back to normal, but for about two years, we really had to adapt to how to produce that way. So some of those, I wasn't, I wasn't at all those shoots. And a lot of times when we're shooting celebrities, you have to fly to where they are. You know, you, okay. you've got to go to New York because that's where the celebrity is or where the, the basketball player is like, we yeah. do a lot of Hulu work. Um, and there's a Hulu campaign that Dave Layden, one of our directors directs, and you're going to Memphis to shoot with a basketball player. You're going to, Oh, you know, John Morant. Yeah. Yeah. Things like okay. that. So, yeah, of course. So you just like jump on a plane, you go with like 10 guys, you show up and shoot and then come back. So it's really fun. Oh, you go to them. That's actually cool. They don't have to fly to Hollywood or whatever. No, you can okay. barely get them to like give you a couple hours in their own hometown. It's like, oh. so it's hard. You have to go to them and like use them like every minute you get from them. And try okay. To out. Wow. Yeah. That's some good so, insight. Yeah. So production kind of is like you go anywhere. You can go anywhere. We shoot a lot in Canada. We shoot a lot in Mexico City. We shoot a lot in Atlanta, New York, a lot in LA. Of course, we do a ton here in LA. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it's just very, you know, very open to where we go. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And, you know, you've had all this experience in the world of media and TV has been the main part with commercials. And I'm curious, what do you see the future of media being? Will it continue to be TV or will something else start to play a part in it? I think, I think TV is definitely a backseat. It's, it's, it's access to content anywhere and anyhow, right? Yeah. You can watch, you know, back when I was growing up, you had your, your, you watched your comedies on Thursday night. You know, that's when all the comedies were on. Yeah. You sat down and the show started and then it was over and you went along your way. Now it's like, I mean, you can watch an entire series on a weekend if they drop it all at once, binge watching, streaming, you know, YouTube, uh, TikTok, you know, I kind of look at my kids who are, who are teenagers to see how they spend their time. And it's, it's, I think last week I read that the amount of content consumed on TikTok overtook YouTube for the first time. Wow. So YouTube is sort of now losing a little bit of the race to TikTok. TikTok. So, uh, wow that's like, that's a huge, a huge transition, you know? Yeah. Um, and then streaming services, obviously you can pick and choose the show you want and watch it whenever you want. That's really not a new thing. Everybody's used to that. All everybody's used to watching TV like that. So what's going to change? Mm-hmm. How's it going to be different? And how's it going to, how's that difference going to affect what I do making commercials, right? Yeah. The thing is for commercials, for our business, it's actually been getting better because now a lot of the streaming services are going to need to put commercials in because that's a great uh, revenue stream for them, which they don't have. Mm-hmm. So if they're losing subscribers, for way to, a way for them to make money is to put ads in there. And then subscribers can choose an ad-free, an ad-free setup or, or, or a setup that's probably cheaper with ads. So mm-hmm. they're going to make money on the ads. So we're still going to be able to make a ton of ads. Okay. But they're going to show up, you know, on your feed, they're going to show up on your phone. They're going to be pre-rolls. They're going to show up before your show starts. Sometimes it'll be, um, they'll be creative with it. They'll say like, you know, you'll, you'll watch a pot of ads in the beginning and then you'll be able to watch your show uninterrupted or they'll 
interrupt your show like traditionally like they do sometimes yeah. like i watch a lot of hulu i watch netflix and i watch um you know prime video and those things and some of them have ads some of them don't and it, it is it is like to me the biggest annoying thing is when you're watching a show and they have maybe four ad breaks during the show and they show the same four ads each time I don't that really, that's a really poor decision from my point of view because you're just like i just saw that ad five minutes ago i don't want to see it yeah. And you really can annoy um, annoy the viewers if you You're right. don't do a good piece of work or if you overuse it. Okay. So what we try to do is try to like make good content so people want to see it. You know, we're not always able to succeed, but we try to do that. Um, but um, so I think I think um, there's going to be a great opportunity to keep doing advertising. Maybe there'll be different lengths. Maybe there'll be, you know, we do a lot of 15 second ads, which is really difficult to tell a story, but there's also long form things or short, you know, short form uh, projects that are three to five minute longs that are sponsored by a brand. And then okay. you can have more characters or little mini series or little episodic things. So I think doing more episodic things and working in branded content, working in like client sponsored um, films and shorts, that's always uh, an area that we're trying to explore and do more of. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And again, we appreciate your time. But just one final question before we wrap it up. What is one bit of advice that you've lived by that has helped you become the success you are today? Um, and then another thing, I just thought of this. Who do you think would be a good person to interview for the Boys R Us in the future? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Um finding a good writer or creative director would be good. I can think of some names and, uh, and I think that's a really good spot because that quick thinking or those thoughts are, you know, pretty unique. So that'd be a good interview for sure. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Great. And happy to help. I was uh, really enjoy it. Thanks for reaching out and uh, I will stay in touch. That's great. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take Thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye.